If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. a lot of black shirts lately so so have you welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for tuesday february 4th 2000 2020 we're in 2020 that's Ian ferguson hooded up on pack country on the show today we'll be talking about switch sales surpassing the super nintendo over 50 million warcraft 3 reforged controversy ea uh, microtransactions google stadia non-update uh, nwc carts on ebay q a ian Real Sir, quick, real quick. Did you know we have enamel pins and also a CU Podcast t-shirt? We do. You go to uh, ultimatenintendo.com uh, for that. More importantly, though, at ultimatenintendo.com, we have a certain Blu-ray that's on pre-order right now, not for resale. It's a movie, too, and a Blu-ray. And but there's a movie on the Blu-ray. There's a movie on the... It's not just a Blu-ray. There's a movie you watch on the Blu-ray. A here. documentary movie. Yes, yeah, documentary Blu-ray. film. Ian has a copy. He's going to probably watch it at some point. He's in it, uh, so he should. He's in it for like thirty seconds or so. Woo, woo, I'm a woo, star. Woo. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's nice. It's a nice film. That's all I can say. It's going to be showing at PAX East, uh, February twenty eighth at eight p.m. at the Bobcat Theater. It's also going to be showing at the Midwest Gaming Classic, which I'll be there to help show it. April third, fourth, and fifth in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My first trip to Wisconsin. Woo, ever, ever. Which is interesting. April third, fourth, and fifth. Yes, that's right. Ian's get gonna, out, get, get get out there and see him. <laughs> I don't know if Ian's going to work as my hype man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out there. Um, yeah, and so, one shot, one chance. That's it. That's Go. It. And then February eleventh. Um, also, it will be the day it's going to be on Amazon uh, Video on Demand, which means you know you got to purchase it or you rent it. It's not it's not free streaming. It's very close. February 11th is not very far away. It's a week away. Yeah. So, or you can pre-order the, the Blu-ray as well if you, if you want to get the... We've got to do a physical release about a movie talking about the death of physical media. Mm-hmm. You think you'd have to do that. Otherwise, you know. Anyway, I think it's I think it's going to be a fun time, Ian. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so Super Bowl just happened. Did you watch the Super Bowl at all? Uh, I saw part of it when I was out with friends. Uh, I was not all that interested in it. My, my take is uh, I really... Just can we stop naming the teams after Native American stuff? Like, can we just be well, done with that shit? Oh, we stopped it. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, Chiefs it, isn't horrible. Whatever. I can't root for California teams, and I can't root for teams that do that shit either. So it was tough for me to pick one. I had no personal investment in it. However, I do have friends who love the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah. if I had to pick a team, it probably would have been the Chiefs. Well, the good thing you didn't because they won. And they won. Yes, I know. I was actually rooting for San Francisco be- because um, they had an old school classic you know, team where they you know, ran the ball down your throat. Hardcore defense reminded me of those LT Giant two Super Bowl teams. I like um, Andy Reid. And Andy Reid, well, from the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy yeah. Reid's a, a nice fellow. Everyone loves the guy. He was good on the Eagles. And yeah, that was my one. team. His his Eagles were what got yeah, me that, into football for a very long. I mean, that was people don't bring up that McNabb uh, 
that Eagles team with McNabb was pretty good for they a few fantastic. years. They were fantastic. Yeah. McNabb, I wish they won the Super Bowl against Brady. That was like 2005 or six. Anyway, so the game was fun. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, who, who's a brilliant player, looked like an average person. The first three quarters was, not, was having the worst game of his life until the fourth quarter, and then he turned it around and threw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And San Francisco decided, you know what? We're having a lot of success running it, Ian. So we're going to do. We're going to stop running the ball, and then um, relied on Garoppolo to throw it, which did not work out. So that was dumb. I don't know why teams do, that. do. Teams get away from the reason why you get to the Super Bowl. They try to outthink everything. Doesn't make any sense there. But in terms of the commercials, which is always a highlight. And by the way, Frank came over. We had we had uh, subs sub sandwiches. Nice from Pomas. Um, um, the commercials were more subdued this year. There wasn't as many wacky ones. The big wacky one was a, a string of ones with uh, Charlie Day appearing for Tide Pods with a with a messed up greasy stained shirt. In other commercials, also there was a crossover with uh, the Bud the Bud Light uh, Night, um, and there was a crossover with with a bunch of other ones. It was it was interesting. He kept showing up throughout the night. It was funny. It was actually funny because everyone who doesn't like Charlie Day that that that, that wacky wacky guy uh, there. And then there was a really sad Google Google one with like a. Uh, I, I, like an elder, elder, elderly man with like dementia has like a, I guess like his dead wife and he's, he's he's telling the Google Home thing to remember things that his wife liked and things they did and it's actually based on a real guy that that's uh, I think a Google employee's grandpa so it's like really sad and I was like okay all right jeez creepy tech can help you out I guess it was it was really heartfelt um, and I don't remember a lot of commercials besides that that were that interesting. Uh, the Snickers one was clever. Uh, you know, the, the world is, is out of sorts, so we're going to dig a big hole and feed the world the Snickers, even though it doesn't make any sense. And then they now acknowledge that it was it was, was kind of clever. Um, you know, and that was really it, though. The big the big movie trailer was um, did they do a Fast Nine movie trailer. Oh, they did a James Bond trailer, which is going to look great. Supposedly, the next Bond movie is going to be three hours. Jeez, they're never three hours. They're usually like two hours and like fifteen minutes or twenty. So that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, if, if Craig's going out, I guess they're going to go out. Um, I thought he was supposed to be done the last movie. And everyone, the movie he says that, that yes. because he, he, he's older and his body gets beat to hell and he's like, I can't do it. He says it while he's promoting the movies. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. He's just over it until they write him a check for $30 million. Okay, I'm back. Like, that, you got to rest up. It's like me with the NES book. I said, I'm not doing another book. Okay, I got to rest up. I'm doing a Super Nintendo book uh, there. Uh, yeah, and then they had the um, commercial for the... Um, uh, for the uh, Marvel stuff coming out for Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision, um, and and uh, what the hell is the other one? Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, oh, yeah, that's series. Right. yeah, yeah, and and then the um, fuck the Loki series. So those are all coming out. Once all three of those come out, I will then probably get Disney Plus. I still don't see a reason to get Disney Plus just for one series. Oh yeah, I forgot all about those. Yeah, Disney Plus. They're now, doing yeah. like seven Marvel movies. They're doing a What If cartoon series. They're doing a. Uh, yeah, a bunch of things on there. There, anyway. So, uh, Ian, we got some Switch news to talk about. Yeah, so fairly quickly, uh, Wonderful 101 recently got a Kickstarter uh, as of yesterday, I think. Um, they were looking for 50000 Uh It seems like it was simply one of those Kickstarters to gauge interest, basically pre-order a game. Um, it'll be coming out on the Switch. Wonderful 101 was a game by Platinum that was on the Wii U. Not Plantum. Not Plantum. Gotcha. Um, it was a cool game. Uh, it involved a bunch of like superheroes, and they would form together basically to um, fight enemies. Like a Voltron? Uh, kind of. Like they would power up together and like form like a big fist or something. Oh, like okay. That. It's All right. it's 
it was a cool idea. I played a little bit of it. Um, I am definitely looking forward to giving it another shot. Uh, it's it it's just it's kind of impressive how well it's done in uh, well less than twenty four hours. It's gotten uh, eighteen thousand backers over one point one million. <laughs> Well, let's let's put it this way. The original game sold 5,800 copies in its first week in Japan. That's miserable. It beat that in 2 hours after the after the Kickstarter went up. Well, it includes obviously people here. Um, but I don't ever I didn't know this I don't I didn't know if this was even popular in the US. Um, uh, it wasn't that popular in the US either. Uh, okay. it, it's one of those things where like was the game it was a combination of the Wii U wasn't doing well. And then you have a game come out that no one really knows what's going on with it, and it was kind of left to languish. And gotcha. it's one of those games that became more popular later on for a short period of time. People were looking for it everywhere. Um, it never got particularly expensive, and I don't think it is now, and it, it, it probably won't be. Most backers are getting the physical version, which is uh, $41, I guess, plus shipping. That's pretty cheap for that, isn't it? Uh, for, for a Switch game? And support. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's remastered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I like the one with the little figures. You can get little, like, sort of muscle-type figures. I love that the muscle figures came back the past, like, five years or so. They do them for everything now. Yeah, I like those guys. Um, We should do some podcast ones. Um, Wonderful Keshi figures. Uh, What what one is that? There's also, um, let's see. There's also keychains, custom controllers. They went all out with it. This is, like, a really well-put-together Kickstarter. There's a lot of things. This is why it's so, you know, I mean, this is a lot of people getting these extra stuff. That's why it's over 1.1 million. Uh, looks like a popular one is the game plus the OST soundtrack. There, it's kind of redundant. I just said that. Um, yeah, there's a there's a there's a jacket. <laughs> there's a leather jacket. Where's the uh, get blocked by? Uh, hold on, there's the. Oh, you can get blocked by by the creator the of the game, game, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty freaking fantastic. It, it, on, I on saw that. Side. I didn't see what pledge that was though. Yeah, I don't I don't see it either. There's a pen. I mean, this is the this is the two hundred fifty dollar tier. Ready? You get the remastered physical game, keychain, a bridge CD, soundtrack, T-shirt, sticker set, comic book, Sentinel's ID card, soft cover art book, acrylic standee, wonderful pendant. Get blocked on Twitter, digital comic, and an abridged digital soundtrack. You get a there's like like these are like twelve pieces in the in these packages. This is a lot of stuff. People people like this game. You know, it's, it sounds like a, like a cult game. What is there one that's just just to get blocked? I'm looking for that one. <laughs> no, but it's, I it, think it's funny. <laughs> It's clever. I should do that for Kickstarter. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know how much you know about him, but no. he's notorious for blocking people. Oh, he Twitter. is? So they worked yes. it into the marketing. Yes, so they marked it oh, into that's the Oh, that's funny. Marketing. I wonder if we'll actually, there's a reason why it's funny. I wonder if we actually do that or it's just a fun thing to put. Well, it's, it says that it's an optional reward. You okay. don't have to be blocked by Camille if you don't want to be blocked by Camille. But <laughs> knowing him, I mean, there's a good chance that you would respond to something he'd say and then get blocked anyways. So, yeah, he's... I got to respect that. He's block heavy. Um, yeah, so... Um, let's see. It has the cast in the bottom here. So I think that what the interesting part of the, t- to me is this: is that now we're at the point where, um, the, like the vast majority of Wii U exclusive games are now on the Switch, right? So there'll be come a point in time that if if you port over whatever the whatever what what games haven't been ported, there's like seven or eight games or whatever it is. The Wii U will be a lost system. In, in the annals of time, most likely because of because of this. Yes, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, no, Splatoon Two is basically instead of Splatoon One, people play Splatoon Two, so that, so that counts to me. You know, um, 
So I, I just think it's an interesting situation. I can't think of a parallel on this scale where we're going to say, okay, well, that system was a failure, but now we have a successful system, and we're just going to redo every single game. And so people actually buy it. Chris Kohler over at Kotaku just yesterday wrote an article called The Wii U Games That Still Need to Come to Switch. Oh, he did. Good old Chris and, Kohler. Uh, it. He says he admitted he wrote it mostly for himself. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's, there's, there's very few that, that need to. Um, and, and honestly, these are ones that I... Most of these I could see potentially getting a port at some point. Super Mario 3D World. Okay. Uh, Fatal Frame, The Maiden of Blackwater, which would be great. Um, that only got a digital release in the U.S. It got a full release in Europe and in Japan. Um, it's a fun series. Uh, getting a physical copy here would be cool. Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a Xenoblade um, sequel slash spinoff, more of a spinoff. In, like uh, NES Remix Pack, Legend of okay. Zelda, Wind Waker HD, and Twilight Princess, Pikmin 3, Yoshi's Woolly World, Paper Mario Color Splash. So honestly, I I could see a lot of those making it, except for maybe Color Splash. I'm surprised the NES Remix hasn't been done already. I can't imagine it would be hard, you know. To, I mean, send it over or or a sequel, just a full blown sequel basically. that incorporates the other two ones or whatever. Yeah, uh, or or you know, just yeah, does more with it. Um, Yoshi's Woolly World. I don't know that we'd see just because uh, Crafting World was kind of the sequel to it, so they may be well, you know, well enough alone. Uh, that's good enough. And then Color Splash. I'm not sure that I see coming over here just because I don't think it ever did super well on the Wii U. But it, that seems like one that they could put out, and Nintendo would never do it at this price. But I could see them putting that out at like forty, just to have something come out during one of the holiday seasons. I think any of these could are are are, are yeah, good examples of something that could make it. Um, let's see. Well, there's Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Definitive Edition. That's not that... X. Okay, it's not X. It's, it's a different one. Yeah. Okay. But is there an X one then planned for Switch? No, that's why it's okay. on the list. Okay. Yeah, they, not like they a... can they can do three of these a year the next few years, and just drop them down. Like you said, it wouldn't take them that much work. And all of a sudden, wow, there's people that actually own our console buying this stuff, which is why this is this is a good Kickstarter as well right because you have a chance now to appeal to an audience that didn't have the wii u and it's like okay i'll i'll try this on my switch or this is interesting you know this could be this could be a, a case where well it's, it's like everything else like look at look at um you know mario kart uh deluxe the re-release of eight they've sold like three times the amount already i've sold on the wii u so like you have to come out with it again yeah you have to. well i mean you oh. just you look at numbers when you're sealing the most a game could have sold for the Wii U would have been 12... Yeah, 12 million. 12 million copies. If, well, if you had a 100% attach rate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nuts. I Yeah, they could... Um, what was it, What was the pack-in for the Wii U? Nintendo Land. Nintendo Land. They can put out Nintendo Land... And that was only a pack-in for a little while. Yeah. Wow. If you do Nintendo Land at... It's just a $5 game. We're just going to put it for 5 bucks on the store. Well, you can't do Nintendo Land. It, you used, land? it used the pad way too much. There's no way you can. Oh, there was too much back and forth on that? Yeah, you literally used, you can't do Nintendo Land Damn on it. Switch. We got to figure that out. I saw I saw our, our pal Brennel Floss um, uh, do a tweet about what if Nintendo did a, a Wii U type controller for the, for the, I guess those games like that that you can't play on the Switch. Would that sell? Or would, there, would it not be worth their time to do that? I don't think there's enough. There's really enough games that would. They need abandoned it. that concept pretty quick. Super Mario 3D World used the the tablet, but they could. There's. I'm sh- they could get around it. 
Oh, that's right. Um, but but Nintendo Land, I mean... You're right. The, like the hide-and-seek game, the one person used the pad. I thought that was an interesting concept. But it, it showed you that that um, that that type of multiplayer game just didn't doesn't have a huge amount of legs. It, it's just tough to do that, I, I guess. There, there isn't enough... Uh, you know, times you get together with people to justify that sort of uh, gameplay. What's it called? The the multiplayer gameplay where one person is doing something different than the others. I, I always forget the name of that. Um, not asymmetrical, the, but I can't remember. Something like, whatever. Someone, but you know what I mean? Like, it, there's not a justification enough to make that a central design of your game because there's not a huge amount of time you have four people in the same room playing it, you know. Which, right. may, which may not bode well for a certain system that might be coming out. It's just tough to get all those people together and playing at that time to justify the, the core existence of that being an asset to your system. Family game night. Family game night. We'll do it once a month and play the games we have laying around <laughs> collecting dust with four people. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, so yeah, check out the Kickstarter. The more I look at it, the more I'm actually interested in it because it seems very clever. I guess the game's sort of uh, clever and tongue-in-cheek, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, and actually it'll be interesting to see because this game did use the pad a good amount. I mean, there's there's ways they could probably do without it, but... So it already comes out in April, so this isn't... Yeah, this is happening. This is like a pre-order. Uh, oh, and the stretch goals... Oh, I didn't see that. Stretch goals for the Steam and PS4 version. So there you go. And their time attack already broke that goal. They're going to break all these goals of their uh, stretch goals. So, okay, cool. We didn't think we were going to talk about that. Look at that. Look at that. We can uh, also bring up Animal Crossing on the Switch. My new favorite game. Uh, the uh, Animal Crossing... Uh, oh, it's Harvest Nintendo Moon. broke the internet last week when they, <laughs> they posted... Broke the, they broke they, the internet? When they posted a picture of the Animal Crossing... Um, Switch. It actually was trending on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, ki- I'm not kidding. Uh, nothing has. There has not been we anything got- Nintendo's done in recent in in the past few months that I've seen that many. Yeah, I, I mean, it goes to tell you about like the people I'm friends with. Like everyone I am friends with is very much an Animal Crossing fan, but just every single person down the line, I want this. I want this. You're, I want. You're this, just I want foaming this, at the mouth, fans, this. for this. And uh, yeah. I do too. I just can't justify another Switch right now. This, I mean, but, well, you can sell your. This is the the upgraded one with the better battery. True. At this point, all the new switches, what the past what eight months or so, have been yeah. uh, the better battery life. They've they've, they've I think done since that. like September, something like that. Um, so you can always do that and sell it. Look how adorable it is. You get the dock. That's oh, beautiful. With uh, what's the character's name? That Nook. That's uh, the Nooks. Timmy and Tommy and uh, there's triple Timmy, Nooks. Tom, Tom Nook, Timmy, and I can't remember the other one's name. Got okay, you. I don't know how I know that. Um, and the I really love the color scheme of that, that like uh, light green, uh, like like grass green and like the light sea sea blue, the sea foam, sea foam blue, and the back of the switch has the little like ingrained stuff on there. So this is a true like. Oh, it is Tommy. I'm right. It's Tom Nook is the dad, and Timmy and Tommy are the kids. Oh, of course. I mean, how could I? How could we forget that? I, well, I didn't. Apparently, I okay. had it. I I, okay. I knew it. But in the back of the switch is is ingrained with like little designs. You see that? That I actually never saw. I never saw that shot with the back of it. Let me see. And I guess that there's a case coming with it too, with the, with the with the uh, the leaves on it. The leaves. You see the case in that picture? Yes. That so, I saw. so we we spoke about Nintendo when the switch was first talked about. We said, of course, the Joy Cons have different colors. Like mm-hmm. that, I mean, they already have what, like fifteen to twenty at this point. There's a lot of colors. Um, and then we spoke about though the docks, how you can do that. But they, Nintendo hasn't really gone all out on the different docks. They've done some. They did the Zelda one. Uh, there's the Zelda one. I'm pretty sure there was, a, there was a Pokemon Let's Go one. Okay. I think there was another Pokemon Sword and Shield one. Um, they've done a few. Or are they all mocked up like this, or just like the Zelda one had the little, just little 
Didn't Zelda just have a little Triforce on it? Zelda Switch Dock. Let me look up the Zelda one. Here. Oh, no, oh, oh, no, no, I can't find it. <laughs> anyway, here's my point. They've done a few. Here's my point. This is appealing. There's a Smash Brothers one. Okay. This is appealing to me, though, because this is now the actual Switch console as well with the little ingrained things in the back. This is like, this is... Engraving? En- engraving? What did I say? Ingrained. It's ingrained? It's engraving. Engra- engravy? It's engravy. Hey, Sunday gravy. Spot gloss. Um, it's nice. This is a nice, like, this This is appealing even to me, because this is well thought out to me. All in one here. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually semi-considering this. I don't, I don't play my Switch a lot, but if this, does it also include Animal Crossing? Do you also get the game? Or no? No, it doesn't look like it. No, you don't. It okay. just comes out on the 13th of March. Animal Crossing doesn't come out until the end. This doesn't include the game. Oh, so this is just a... It's two ninety. This is it's, just priming the pump to get you to, to, to excited for the game. It's the same price as uh, a normal Switch. Um, the first tweet was funny. Ugly green color, and our, our friend Matt McMuscle said, worst take of 2020 underneath. <laughs> yes. I think the color is nice. I like it. it. It's it's a relaxing color. Yes, scheme. you feel calm. This goes back to our what video game world do I want to be trapped in? You uh, know, a little bit of news. Uh, uh, in addition to the console coming out, though, Nintendo's always going to Nintendo and make some weird fucking design decisions. Well, what do they do? Uh, you can only have one island per Switch console. All right, explain this. So to let me, me explain. When you had when you bought um, the original GameCube, say uh, Animal Crossing, uh-huh. you could have uh, one town per memory card, and you could have four people living in a town. Okay, four playable characters. Four four playable characters okay. living in a town, and then you could put the memory cards in next to each other, and you could travel from one town to another town with the same character, with the same character to oh, get to okay. get new. To get fruit, to visit other people, et cetera, et cetera. I could visit Ian in the other town. To exchange letters, leave gifts, be an asshole, rip up plants. You can do whatever you wanted. So what's weird about this, if you uh, were playing on, say, the 3DS and you wanted multiple towns, you could at least buy multiple copies of, of Animal Crossing. You could have a town per copy of the game if you wanted to do multiple towns. Okay. In this... Doesn't matter how many copies you own, you can only have one island per Switch. Island being this game's version of a town. Doesn't matter how many profiles you have, doesn't matter how many copies of the game you have, you can only have one island, which means that everyone has to play together, which is part of the game. I mean, the game really pushes, you can have up to eight people living on the island at once. Um you can have four people play at the same time, eight people living there, basically eight residences, essentially eight save slots for the island, each with its own house. And stuff okay. Like that. So if you, so if we're, we're sharing the same switch, you can play and I can come back. I'll have a play. house. You'll have a house. I'll have my own house you to can... decorate or campsite, et cetera. Gotcha. You'll have your own. When I'm playing and you're not, I can leave you things in your mailbox. Uh, in this version, up to four people can play at the same time on one switch, eight people at the same time. If they're doing local, with, on game night once with, a month. Well, on game night once a month. Um, so it's it's just, it's weird. I can't, in my mind, think of any real reason why they wouldn't let you do that. And furthermore, I don't see it as Nintendo being greedy because it would be very easy to just be like, you can have, if, if it was a money-making thing, you could easily say, 
uh, one island per game cartridge or whatever. And people would still be upset, but at least there'd be a way around it. I could see if they wanted to get more money, there would be people who'd be like, okay, fine, we're going to buy two copies of the game then. But no one's going to go out and buy another Switch. I mean, that I can think of. No. No one's going to go out and buy another Switch just to have another island. And I don't think Nintendo thinks it either. So my question is, what is why? What is Nintendo's reason for limiting it like that? Some people don't want to share. Sometimes you've got a little brother who's going to run around and be a dick and fuck with your island in ways that you don't want them to screw with it. Sometimes you want your own personal space. Like, I get it. I understand and, that. And you're not able to share your island via multiplayer with other people? No, you are. Maybe that's why, then. They figured, just do that. No, like... That's not what I'm saying. Eat, but a lot of times, people what each want their own island, their own to, island start with. to start with. Right. Okay. And then they'll go and visit other people people's islands and things like that. But there is something to be said about, like, I could see a family with multiple kids, this being an issue. On game night, yes. Um, so, but I don't, like I said... Zonatello's not thinking about that anymore. I guess. They're like, well, right. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to think, is that. there something, I can't think of anything that would be in the actual game that would require this to be uh, uh, limited to one system. I've, I've, I've tried to think about it. Uh, I don't, I, and like I said, I honestly don't think it's Nintendo trying to screw people out of more money because if they were doing that, they would just say one island per cartridge and they would sell more copies that way. I mean, they they would, but no, like I said, no one's going to go out and buy uh, a Switch just to have no. another island. So what the fuck's the point? Was, it's was, Nintendo doing something weird and dumb because that's what they do. They always the, have to do that. It's not the coding of the game; it wouldn't allow it. No, it's, it's not a memory thing. What? what, what no, separate profiles. What, what, that can, I mean, there should be no reason for it. Maybe they add it later on. Yeah, but but there's no reason that I mean, I'm just saying Nintendo's now. Oh, even though Nintendo wasn't controlling the Pokemon game, they they added a lot after it came out when people were pissed and they changed it. Maybe they added it later. Maybe. Well, they did DLC. We knew they were going to do something, but there was uh, a there was a game recently. Oh, I think they ended up adding uh, multiplayer with friends to uh, um, to Snippers. No, to um, Super Mario Maker. Okay. People were all crazy about that because they were like, it was only letting you do it with randoms. Yeah. At first, people complained. Maybe they'll change it. I just. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe, it's very, maybe, very weird. Maybe it's an oversight. Maybe enough people complain, they'll edit. Maybe it's not that difficult. Or maybe... That's the thing. Who knows? Maybe it is yeah, difficult. But Nint- that's the, Nintendo actually clarifies it in like a... Uh, let me see if I can find that, article? St- that statement. I gotta start playing it? this game because everyone loves it. It must be fun. Um, and this is, my, this is my, my new lifestyle anyway. I, Who, can't find, the, I can't find the article I had pulled up. Who's, but, the, who's the eagle character? What does he do? Uh, there's a bunch of eagle characters. Oh. Uh, let's see. Animal Crossing. One Island. Pull this up. So, Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo says down here. Or, Jesus Christ. During a recent interview with IGN Animal Crossing developer Ayakio Goku revealed that up to eight players can live together on a single island. Um using the eight playable accounts on a Nintendo Switch system. Furthermore, it was said that you cannot have multiple islands. Okay. That was it. But, yeah, but the key difference, that, that may seem different, that, that may not seem any different than New Leaf, but the key difference is how on Nintendo 3DS and Nintendo Switch handle saving are important to understand the issue. Nintendo 3DS, a physical cart copy of the game, stores its save file on it, okay. but on a Switch, it stores it on the system. So with multiple... You... Yeah, it's it's weird. You can't. You're saying you can't have multiple po- profiles to log in and play. It'll, it'll still be different. It'll okay. still be the same. It'll still be the same. I mean. S- same island. Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, that's weird. All right. 
yeah, I want to say about that. Um, all right, so Animal Crossing comes out later. I think it was in March, um, and then you, that's when the system comes out as well. And uh, yeah, it's 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 past New Fantasy. Is there going to be a Harvest Moon that comes out in the Switch? When's the last Harvest Moon that came out? Uh, they put they pump them out all the time. Do they? Yeah, unfortunately, it's they, not like, you know, like it's, it's not games? always it's not always a, a, a sure bet with with Harvest. Oh, Moon. it's not it's not a surefire hit like Animal Crossing. Lots <laughs> of them are are good, but. All right. Well, moving on, Ian. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Switch, b- b- big big milestone crossed uh, after the holiday season, actually, over the holiday season. So the Switch, Nintendo Switch, lifetime sales now are over $52 million as of after the holiday season. Wow. Which eclipses uh, the Super NES slash Super Famicom, which did $49 million. Keep in mind... The Switch has not even been out for three years yet, which is so weird to say. It seems like it's only been out for like a year and a half, but it's been almost three years. March 2017 is when it came out. That seems about right. It feels, it feels like three years. It doesn't feel yeah. like three years. It feels like a year and a half uh, to me. Uh, so I, I commented about it on, on Twitter. My, my, my take was to remember all the hot takes about the doom and gloom about the Switch from... Uh, some journalists and some industry influencers and experts that were saying this is ridiculous. Why does Nintendo just go third party? Blah 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 blah. We saw that. We talked about those. We, I mean, I mean, in hell, Reggie Fizeme was in a video with Matt Pat where Matt Pat was arguing for that. Why did you sell the Mario games on uh, Sony and Microsoft systems? Where did that make sense? So obviously, it's easy to say. You know, we told you so uh, about this. But but I, I think what's more important is that. Nintendo has done this in an environment when it's a lot more difficult to do this versus when the Super Nintendo was in existence. Sure. So when you look at those numbers and people like people are like, well, you know, there's a lot more gamers now versus in the in the 90s. Um, in the 90s, you had like three consoles to choose from when the Super Nintendo was out, and Nintendo was still like the dominant, you know, sort of a uh, brand, and they're they're not anymore in terms of the the, the market share. They're sharing with a lot more uh, Microsoft, Sony, but they're, sh- but they're sharing with mobile, and they're sharing with other platforms like Steam and, and computer games is a hell of a lot bigger now than it was in the early 90s. So it's a lot more difficult to make that impact. So And plus, this is less than three years when the Super Nintendo was out for like, they were producing those systems for like eight years. So sure. this, is, this is hugely significant. Uh, there, I'm not, I'm not, you know, licking uh, Nintendo's taint here, but they've done a great job. Obviously, uh, you know, bouncing back from the abysmal failure of the Wii U, um, and now the question just remains: Is that okay? They're out for three years. You know, how many iterations will we see of the Switch? They've announced that we're not going to come out with a different Switch in 2020. Everyone thought they probably would, but next year, who knows? Like that'll be like. We're entering the middle age of the system cycle. You want to catch up. You want to be able to do some ports uh, of newer games from the next generation, and that's they're going to have to put out another Switch within the next couple of years. Yeah, the, the Switch, as we know it, is going to, by nature, be a short-cycled system because of where it came out, uh, yep. when it came out. <clears throat> but they got it out, and people liked the concept. Yeah. Um, so I think an upgraded Switch, um, similar to something that we saw, maybe even a little bit more so, 
than what we saw in line with like the uh, the Xbox One X or the PlayStation Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely. I mean, we we have to see something like that at some point. You can't you can't keep running with the the power that the Switch has inside it because as soon as the PlayStation Five and um, the Xbox X series, series X, the Xbox Series X comes out. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it it, it 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 won't be playing in the same field anymore. It'll yeah. be two very divergent things. It'll like be a said, full step and a half behind instead so, of like a step. If you right, so if you want ports or if you want anything that's on those other systems, they have to upgrade, and that's why I think it'll probably be a little bit more than. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more than the half measure, like we got with the PlayStation Four Pro in the uh, Xbox One X. I think what we'll see is a. Something that's closer to a true successor to the Switch, but with obvious full backwards compatibility. Um, but now that they've made the system, and now that it's done well, uh, I think people would be more likely to keep buying into something that looks this way. Sure, they, they've they've got the mold now. Now it's of course, well, you know, it's three and a half years since they you know finalized the specs and the chip. Obviously, it's a lot quicker now. Uh, you know, the chips they can do that. The, the question is always going to be just the heat. On these things. Sure. I mean, look at the Alienware one where they have freaking fans on a handheld on, the, on that prototype. I mean, you can't have a Switch with, like, fans on it. There's fans on the Switch. Oh, are there? Yes. Mini ones? Yes. Oh, okay. Then it can't be overheating your hand so much that it's going to burn it. Really? That thing could not possibly not have fans. I never hear them. Oh, they're there. Oh, okay. You can see them. And, like, as they get older, like, Vonnie's... Vonnie has oh, starting used, to go? Vonnie's has used hers nearly every day for three years, and... Her fans, like, depending on how warm it is or whatever, you can hear her fans whir and click a bit. Yeah. They're starting to click. Yeah, you can absolutely hear it. Oh, okay. You can have, There's definitely fans. <laughs> okay. Then the question is, how big of fans can you put in it then to right. keep the system small? Can you use an air duster on that? Yeah. Open it, it up? It's it, it's it's just going. Oh, but, okay. um Yeah, there's there's fans. I, I think the, the key is how you want to be able to keep your portable relatively silent, I think. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, you don't want to be carrying around something that's that sounds like a console in your hand, using it on the bus, using it on a plane, trying to use it in a train. So you have earphones on, you're listening to the, the game, and everyone around you's like, "What the f- like? What the hell's going?" Listen on? to the little jet engine <laughs> in your hand, try to take off. Yeah, but so, but with the technology, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't track the freaking Tegra trip chip stuff and whatever else. But I'm sure in three years is a huge amount of time in terms of the technology, you know, in terms of what you can do. But, you know, I, will you get to the Super Switch being able to play like Red Dead 2? You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see if we get a version of that. Like, that's always going to be the... I'm still I'm still hoping for the day where, where Nintendo can play like the, whatever the current GTA is. I'm still hoping for that day. The Switch could probably play GTA 5. GTA 5 came out on PS3 and 360. The Switch is handling games that were on the PS3 and 360 just fine. I wonder why Rockstar doesn't want to do that. You though. wouldn't get you wouldn't get the PS4 version. Sure. Um, I I don't know. The, I mean, by the time the Switch came out, they were already well into their Grand Theft Auto Five is now Grand Theft Online, and sure, they okay. just didn't want to. You know, What's the point of, of going back to right. the well? Exactly. But for the future, though, if they see, here's the thing. What's also important about about the amount of sales. Is it's proven that it could make you money if you're a third party? Because obviously that was the big failure with the Wii U and 
everyone stayed away. Besides, people were turned off by developers were turned off by the whole handheld thing. They they didn't grasp that, and plus it was underpowered. Now though, you're back to the point where the Wii was, where you had people even doing different game port versions of popular games on other systems. But now the Switch is close enough that you can just do straight ports, even they're underpowered. You know, the Wii was totally a different, you know, sort of uh, platform than the other consoles at the time. But now with the Switch, well, maybe we'll see that Red Dead. Two game on on a Super Switch get ported. Rockstar will make money if they do it, so why not? Right. They'll they'll, they'll sell they'll sell a few million of them probably. If there's 50, 50 million attached within three years, where do you think it ends up now? Sixty million, seventy five. You gonna you gonna count like the Super Switch, like they do with like the three DSs and things? <laughs> it it. I think it really depends on yeah how, what how they define it because like I said, as good as as well as the switch has done i do think the switch as it is now doesn't have much more than a couple of years left before it fully has to become something else before it transforms right because i mean it's it's the blessing and the curse of the switch by mixing their console system and their handheld system divisions together essentially and having one item uh they can't do what they did with the 3DS which is just the 3DS was a portable system. People weren't expecting at that point in time to get console quality games necessarily on a portable system. Sure. And they ran with a very like uh, low resolution screen and a low powered system for eight years or something like that because it was popular and people, like I said, they accept a a cut in graphical quality and performance when they're dealing with a, 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 a strictly portable system. Mm-hmm. But the Switch is not a strictly portable system. It's, it's a system a, that hooks up to... It's a single platform. It's a single platform, and yeah. it hooks up to uh, a TV, and people are going to want to see some of that whiz-bang wow stuff that they get with a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X system. So... That's that's what I'm saying. Nintendo's not going to be able to just keep churning out this low-powered system for the next four years and get a full console generation out of it. They're not going to get a full console generation. They're already out stretching of this. it. They're already stretching mm-hmm. it. They've, and that's what I'm saying. They've got a great idea. The Switch is a great idea that works. It obviously works. It's sold like crazy. Um, but that's why I think we really will either see something with we'll, we'll get a. Follow up to the Switch that's more powerful, powerful with full backwards compatibility, and I feel like Nintendo could be the type of company that would throw people a bone and still do some first-party stuff that would run on both. Sure. Do some of that Xbox intergenerational stuff, essentially. And in terms of, I saw a couple of people say, or say like, well, you know, the Switch Lite is a different system than the Switch. It's the same game platform. And plus, the Switch Lite, I think I saw sold like three million. So it's three versus forty nine million. It's still a ton for the Switch. If you wanted to separate them out, which I don't think you should. Well, I think. Yeah. Well, that's actually. I think. I don't know that you should, but that's actually not a bad point. They could try. No, I was going to say they could take the Switch Lite and then try to re-split themselves off and have like a the, new Switch we, we be more be of a Switch console, Lite. and then the yeah. Switch Lite be the portable, mm. but. Why, I, why do that when this works so but, well? But yeah, I don't think the Switch Lite has a big enough install base for that to actually gain momentum and take place. I, yeah, I see the Switch Lite as either the one for your kid or your secondary console for really on the go. On the go. Sure. That's how I see it. And uh, 3 million, though, is, is great so far. Well, you yeah, know. That's, that's been since the summer. Was this was the summer? That was it, yeah. Okay. That's, September, I think. I thought it was late, yeah, late summer maybe. Anyway, so that's that's a fantastic sort of push right there. 
And okay, so we'll see that probably the Super Switch in 2021. Yeah, no flying cars yet. We'll have a Super Switch. So they got they got they got to. Uh, I guess there's there's there still hasn't been a way to do the cooling without the fans that have been effective. Uh, we haven't figured that out yet. You know, like su- super metal technology. You know, it doesn't melt the plastic on your Switch there. All right. Any, any last thoughts? Anything you want to tell the critics, like people doing those articles from the, the Atlantic or whatever, that are just like Nintendo. Oh, this this nostalgia is not going to take you past past the next generation. It's like uh, they, they got they got the game franchises. They got the software. All right. Yeah. Posts rates have gone up again. Ian, can you believe that? No. But thankfully, Stamps.com is here to ease your pain. They have big discounts off post office retail rates with Stamps.com. You save five cents off every first class stamp and up to forty percent off shipping rates. The savings really add, add up, especially for small business. Ian, I've I've talked about Stamps.com for years. Indeed, you have. Not even on the, on the podcast, just to you on the phone. How much I love Stamps.com. I've mailed DVDs, we mail T-shirts, our enamel pins. I've mailed Sega CD systems, everything, Blu-rays, upcoming Blu-rays. It's it's fantastic. Uh, plus, Stamps.com is completely online, which saves you time. No more inconvenient trips to the post office. Stamps.com brings all of the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Anywhere! <clears throat> Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. Yeah. Stamps.com not only saves you time, it saves you money, too. With Stamps.com, you get discounted postage rates. It's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters, and there's no equipment to lease and no long-term commitment. Is it a printer? little digital scale, which I'll tell you about in a second. How you might be able to get one. But uh, I, I've honestly probably saved, using stamps.com, besides the tons of time, I've probably saved th- over $1,000 of shipping things over like six, seven years. I, I, I've shipped that many things. It adds up when you're a small business. Right now, you can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. The digital scale can get you started. There. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CU Podcast. That's stamps.com. Click on the mic and enter CU Podcast and get going with your postage savings. Yes! Blizzard's back in the news again. We love talking about Blizzard. Blizzard is never in the news for the right reason. No. <laughs> they haven't been. There was a little bit of a Diablo Immortal thing. I heard about that. I heard about that happening. That upset a lot of people. Upset, upset a lot of people. There was uh, the uh, Hong Kong protest uh, yes. stuff with Blitzchung. Yes. That was bad. That, that was bad upset, PR. That, that upset a lot of people. Um, Overwatch 2. Well, Overwatch 2, we, we'll see. But not a lot of people have been buzzing about it. What was the thing with Overwatch 2? It just, it looks, it doesn't really look like a, a, a like a full sequel. It looks it's kind an of, add-on. looks sort of like an expansion pack at this point. Great game, but yeah, you know, it, it didn't. It didn't uh, fire people up as much. Maybe as they, they thought didn't need a full sequel. Maybe yeah. That's and I mean, honestly, it might not. I I I personally failed to see why when other games that they've done like uh, what's the uh, what's the Blizzard one Heroes of the St- well no that's that's done they stopped the- Heroes of the Storm the, the the Dota they tried or Dota two the Mo- MOBA there's... they tried I've, the MOBA they tried. anyways yeah I, I felt like that's a game that probably 
could have just kept being updated without needing a sequel. Sure, but I think they're trying, but but I think I think they're starting to see a little bit of the the fire burn out with Overwatch, and you know I think they thought maybe that launching a sequel would get people excited again. But it does. It, it looks like it's just going to be like here's more Overwatch. Well, all at once, instead of you know a a, a trickle of Overwatch updates. has been out for three and a half years, a little over three and a half years. So, it's it's. I'll just say this before we get into the topic. It's always precarious when you're doing sequels to first person shooters because you can really screw up the balance easily. A, a good first person shooter is really tough to do, especially for multiplayer. Sure. So you got to be really careful. Um, the Unreal games bounce back and forth between people loving and hating. Like people hated. Uh, Unreal Tournament 2003. It's not even talked about in the series because they they quickly skipped it and went to 2004. They hate it. And then 2007 is not played by anyone. People hated it. And that was the last one. So you got to be really careful when you like redesign your game. Sorry. No. Yeah. Makes sense. So, um, however, Diablo 4 looks pretty good. And uh, I was... They're making a Diablo 4? Yes. Wow. I imagine. Um, and I was interested in the... Uh, remaster of Diablo 2 I was until um, Warcraft 3 Reforged came out so Warcraft 3 Reforged was to be a um, remaster of Warcraft 3 with some uh, new um, new models they were going to um do some uh, redo some cutscenes, uh, redo the interface. Basically, they were gonna remake it, make it look fresher. New new, new, new coat of paint, spruce up some things. Because the game's what, like seventeen years old, something like that. I don't even know. It's got Warcraft three came out two thousand three, two thousand four, maybe. I'll tell you in a second. Go on. So, anyways, this Forbes article, um, breaks... two thousand two. Okay, so the game came out, and people are not happy at all. And here are some of the problems that people are complaining about. Uh, Blizzard promised better cutscenes with improved graphics. Um, But what they showed back even as far back as 2018 is not what was in the final game. Uh, Numerous bugs, uh, crashes, hangups, assets not loading, many other problems. Um, Many users have been experiencing login and connectivity issues. Uh, now that bu- this is, uh, I'm going to save this one. This is a bigger one. Some basic features of the original are no longer in the remaster. That always is something that's very okay. strange. Okay. So let's, let's, what's this missing? includes automated tournaments, clans, profiles, competitive ladder, and more. That seems like some pretty basic shit to not to not have in there. Uh, and then people are upset about this. The new user agreement includes language that essentially copyrights all user-created custom games, giving Blizzard complete control over all user-generated content. This is, again, from the Forbes article. The implications of this are pretty huge, but essentially it's an attempt by Blizzard to never let another Dota 2 situation happen again. It's also deeply misguided. Blah, 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 blah. Questions about whether it's actually legally binding. Um, and... Uh, this one is uh, one that I, I think is... A, this was a bad idea. Reforged and the original game are on the same online inter- infrastructure, so all those connectivity issues that people are having with the new one are now affecting the oh, old game no. backwards. So they broke what wasn't... Oh, no. They, well, oh, why would you do that? They broke the old game. There was no reason for so them to break So that. I'm just... I, I've, had, I've been playing Warcraft 3 online for 18 years, and one day... All of a sudden, I can't play my multiplayer because of a new remastered version that comes out. Oh, no. 
Unless they were thinking of maybe incorporating people playing against each other in the different versions. I don't. Why would you do that? So, um, apparently, people were saying that it was tough to get refunds initially. However, Luke Plunkett uh, at Kotaku uh, said last night, 7 p.m., uh, headline, Warcraft 3's remaster is so unpopular, Blizzard is offering instant refunds. Um, normally, refunds have to go through a process of actually finding out what was wrong with your purchase and won't apply if you've had the game for a while and been playing it. And in this case, though, demand has clearly been so great, <clears throat> and there's growing calls for legal action, because huge discrepancy between what was promised and delivered that players are reporting instant successes with their refund applications. So it looks like Blizzard is just handing them out. Blizzard, what are you doing? This should have been a surefire hit for Blizzard. <sighs> Like, it seems like it would be hard to fuck up something like this. But they did, and now something that should be a license to print money, like the remaster of Diablo 2, is, like, all, all enthusiasm yep. and all excitement I had for that is you might as well is just, gone. You might as well shelve this and just do a Warcraft, develop a Warcraft 4, then. You might as well just say, this is a failure, start from scratch, from some of the war and just do a Warcraft 4. I'm surprised we haven't had a Warcraft 4. After 18 years. Oh, and apparently, well, uh, it, it, this article says that this is the default version with, with players unable to officially go back and play the game as it used to be. I was reading something else where it's a toggle switch now. But either okay. way, either way. It's, uh, it, I think it's, well, I, I don't know. I, I, were people, I guess people were, were people clamoring for a, a remastered Warcraft? I mean, I always loved the Warcraft graphic style to begin with because it's, you know, I, I don't. I just don't. When I think of a, of a real, you know, real time strategy game, I never just think, "Well, I want to see that remastered." You know what I mean? Because like, how much you're getting out of out of it when you're you know looking from above? I did see on this though that you can like zoom in on the units and get real close, which is cool. But again, on a, on a real time strategy game, you're not you don't get much use out of that in terms of controlling units if you're zooming in on individual people. You know? Right. Well, that's a, one of the only positive things I've heard about this version is that the graphics are nicer. Yeah. But since you want to play the game zoomed out almost as far as possible, that the graphic upgrades are basically unnoticeable. Th that's what I mean. So I, I saw comparison shots of like the overhead views of like the grass, the you know the buildings, and you put a gun to my head. I don't know if I could tell you which one I preferred when I saw both. Just real quickly, just like okay, sure. they both looked fine. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you're talking about graphics of like you know like the barracks and like you know the town centers and things like that i i don't know how I, i'm personally how much am i getting out of that seeing that remastered because i always loved the the, the court, sort of cartoony style of like the warcraft games well you know? remastered doesn't mean it's not going to be that cartoony style it's, it's just going to be a higher it's going to be a higher resolution. yeah i mean they can touch things up here and there but they're not going to change i mean they're making better models but i don't think they changed the style of anything it's just I I don't know I guess I don't know I have to look at more comparisons. What I saw I I could see the difference, but I'm just like okay, the grass looks semi more realistic, the way it's drawn. I don't know. That's just me, you know. So that's really all I have to say on that. So, so, it, it's it, it 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 like I said it 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 takes the wind right out of my sails for oh were the Diablo cut were too. the cutscenes not changed? Not much, but I guess they initially said that they were going to be, and then. They said they weren't going to be that changed, and people aren't happy with them. Okay. I mean, I, I guess... Uh, a lot of this stuff can be to taste. Lot, you know, you yeah, can I'm, look and be like, okay, did, are the cutscenes better or worse? Do I like the new models better or less? Do I, do I like the graphical upgrades? But things like breaking the old game. 
Okay, so the cutscenes, that would make sense if you're using the models and you have to zoom in for the cutscenes of looking at it with the in-game engine, I'm guessing. Then that would make sense that you want to up, update that. Um, yeah. But, okay. This is a this is not good. Obviously, I don't know how how these things keep happening with Blizzard. I just I, I just I just don't. No, I, I just don't know. Like like some someone's someone has to get fired over stuff like this. Uh, then the other thing I saw was that almost all the dialogue was like the same. All all the sounds like they really didn't change yeah. They much. said they were going to. I, I um, think what they promised was a lot more, and they just delivered a lot. They're like, less. we don't fucking care. Right. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Not, not especially not in today's day and age where people are tracking every single thing you announce and say. You got to come out and say, "Hey, we will add it later." We still want to come out. You can't just not say anything. You need to stop saying you're going to add it later too, and just have it at no. But at I'm go. saying at least you can say at least you let them know that it's not going to be in the launch. This is not saying anything. Right. You got to communicate something to people if they're going to do more. Okay, there were plans to record more dialogue and tweak the game's single player campaigns. Uh, okay, they didn't. I guess they didn't do that either. All right. Okay. This is a disaster. So, what do we always say, Ian? Vote with your wallet. <laughs> yes. Don't buy it. And it looks like people aren't. So, there you go. And get, get your money back. Funds. So, s- speaking of voting with your wallet, this is a vote in a direction that has changed the entire industry. So, EA, Ian, mm-hmm. reported, looking at this article from casino.org, which is interesting. <laughs> they, they, they hit almost... One billion dollars in microtransactions in the fourth quarter of 2019. They announced that in a financial meeting. In the fourth quarter, one billion dollars in just the fourth quarter. That's absurd. That's absolutely insane. Uh, Twenty-seven percent increased year to year over 2018. My God. Much of that growth can be attributed to the launch that, uh, last September of FIFA 20, which EA said was the number one most, enga- most engaged title in the company's subscription services. Like, you know what most engaged means? Played. Most gambled. Well, That's fair. what it means. Fair. <laughs> well, I think we covered this uh, similarly uh, in a podcast sometime in the past year, but I think it was something that like FIFA... Like I think the my team stuff, or maybe it's just the my team stuff across all the games generates some like two billion dollars a insane. year. It's insane. I mean, I mean, it's obviously it's not big in the U.S. So we don't keep track as much, but obviously it's well, no, we know. do. I mean, they, they do because it, it includes there's the there's the FIFA my team. There's the um, they do it for Madden. Oh, that's right, the same concept. Yeah, it's the I'm same. just talking about, I'm talking about FIFA alone, though. I'm talking about, but you're talking about the my team across the other games. Yes. It's, explain that again, Ian. It's, it's like a trading it's like card, card, card packs. You're buying card packs. You buy card players. packs, and you can use those players in your online teams. Yeah. So you're basically gambling to get a competitive advantage online, right? Yes. So then, if I'm playing you, Ian, let's just say I'm playing you, say uh, in an NBA game, right? So you you got the I, you got the pack of a, uh, you know, you got Dame Willard in your pack. And I only have John Starks, unfortunately, yeah. on my team. So I got to I got to buy those packs to get Steph Curry. That's basically what's going on, essentially. Damn you, John Starks. Sorry, go on. Um, anyway, so uh, there's two lawsuits filed with French prosecutors. Uh, let's see, what, what are the lawsuits going on here? Oh, they're just trying to trying to ban the loose style box transactions. Europe's been ahead of us uh, by years in terms of, of the legislation and in terms of, of coming down. Uh, so, so you know, so so people don't get gambling habits, and kids don't, and so that kids don't, you know, run amok, and adults too, uh, you know. 
Uh, two two lawyers are representing two separate clients. Uh, Kareem Moran Lahuzi is one of the lawyers, and Victor Zaguri is another. Um, buying packs is nothing more than a bet. The logic of a casino has entered their homes, Zaguri told Lequeep. This is funny about, about this person. Ultimate Team sells gamers the dream of building a team filled with psycho icons like Pele, Maradona. I've heard of him. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, haven't heard of him, and George Best. You've never heard of Zidane? No. Jesus. Uh, after spending... The six... headbutt heard around the world, Pat. Oh, he's the guy who did the headbutt. Yes. I know about the headbutt. Okay. After spending $663 in five months, the best player Seguri's client had acquired was Greece and Napoli defender Costas Manolas, who he had never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Costas Manolas. I'm sure he's a fine player. Uh, the client, a 32-year-old driver, said he had fallen behind with his rent payments because of his addiction to the game. The developers of the game mode have created an illusionary and particularly addictive system, explained Lusaguri. Today, an 11 or 12-year-old can, without restriction, uh, play uh, FIFA. It was a, was FU team. Is that FIFA on? Uh, I don't know what the name is. FIFA Ultimate Team. Ultimate Team. And spend money because there's no parental control system in the mode. The suits are requesting the games be classified as gambling under French law and that EA publish the algorithms behind the loot box mechanisms. This is what we always come back to in terms of, of gambling. When gambling is regulated, what's required is that is that the, the player knows the odds. Right. That's the fair thing. When you go into a casino and you play a table game, the odds are, are there like for like the payouts for like the jackpot things on the side. They yeah. have them there. They do. Um, for like the prop bets and things like that. And otherwise, they're not hidden. You can look up, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, all, all the craps, you know, uh, odds versus payouts. Like, they're there. But you'll see, like, uh, you know, the, the odds and payouts for, like, one-time bets and craps. So th- it, they do that so that there's not, like, a mystery in place. This is a mystery to people. And so when it's a mystery and you're throwing your money away, you don't even know. You have no expectation of what the payout would be versus the money you spend, even theoretically. That's that's the danger. The other danger is that if it's not classified as gambling, you don't have to put warnings in place about like, you know, please gamble responsibly or provide a potential, you know, if you have a problem, call this number. So not saying that takes care of the issue, but there's always some sort of at least minor concessions made when it's when it's regulated, at least. Sure. There's no warning when you enter these games. Gambling may be addictive. Get help if you have a problem. Like, that's nowhere to be. I'm, I'm sure if I, if I fire FIFA, I'm not going to see that. Gambling warnings before I spend money. Will I? That, I Honestly, I do, I do not know. Not in the U.S. if it's not regulated. Um, but I, I do think there's something to be said. I, I, I have no problem with these modes if this is what people want to play. But I do think there's something uh, to be said here. Put it, put it, allow, allow that mode to be parental locked. Absolutely. That's insane that that's not. Yeah. Allow that mode to be parental locked. Um, you know, and, how about and, you put li- the, and put the warnings up there. How about you limit the amount of times you can spend money in a certain period of time? I don't, I know that would cost you money, EA, but holy shit, you know, it's a lot easier just to plus plus go back to casinos. Casinos, you exchange cash. If this is on your credit card, it's magic money. Sure. I don't see it. It's a lot more. It's, it, it, there's something more tactile and visceral when you're in a casino. Oh, I just blew a hundred dollars out of my wallet versus. It's a hundred dollars on my credit card. Oh, sure. I don't see it. It's a lot different than, than uh, yeah. It's actually a lot more dangerous than gambling in casino. The more I look at these things, a lot more dangerous because of that. Uh, banned in Belgium, Holland. Where next? I love that casino.org is is, is writing this article. Yeah, 
EA strongly denies the mechanisms are a form of gambling. Surprise mechanics. Surprise, your Surprise credit card mechanics. bill yeah. is in the mail. <laughs> they were forced to modify their FIFA games in Belgium after the country's regulator said the pay loot box system constituted a game of chance in the sense of the Gaming and Betting Act, and that players would pay money for a shot of, at winning desirable in-game items with the prize being determined by chance. Holland has taken a similar line. Others may follow suit. The UK Gambling Commission said in June that the FIFA's loot boxes did not constitute gambling because there was no way to monetize the prize. Ooh, someone got maybe paid off in the UK there for that. Um, anyway. And then we talked about the article well, brought see, up here I, by that, Claire Murdoch. That's what I always see it come down to, is because there's no way to monetize what you're getting in return, that it's not gambling. But you're still taking a gamble on something it's a in chan- the game. It's a chance yes. item. It's a yes. chance Brought up Claire Murdoch, who we talked about, who said they're setting kids up for addiction by teaching them to gamble. There you go. And we're falling behind. Uh, the FTC is looking into the legal and ethical dimensions of loot boxes, as are regulators in countries across the world. So there you have it, Ian. I mean, it, it's just interesting. But but here the, the issue, of course, is that they, they're not going to stop doing this because people are buying in. Sure. So it's, it's collectively our fault. Yes, gambling's addictive, and it, it, once you get into target out, but it's our fault. So if we didn't, you know, stoke the fires of microtransactions, they would have died out, whatever, six, seven, eight years ago, but when they, before they started to get big. What do you think it's when they got started to get big, like six, seven years ago? Well, like Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter Four would have been like oh, eight, 10, nine, 12 years ago. Yeah, Street well, Fighter Four came out in two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, I thought it was after I moved here. Holy shit! Um, I think that's two thousand eight Street Fighter. And now was just getting costumes, right? That wasn't like a. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, that was the start, basically. Yeah, Street Fighter Force 2008. Okay. Well, it's your fault out there. Stop stop gambling on, on card packs to get, you know, to upgrade from John Starks. All right. Um, this is a fun one. <clears throat> Google Stadia uh, came out uh, uh, basically to update uh, people update. by <laughs> telling them nothing. So, um, by telling them nothing. Uh, Google Stadia users uh, have been a little bit prickly lately. Uh, they want to know what's going on. They um, uh, what's Google, going on with this platform? Google, I'm Google said to. that they were tracking uh, 120 different potential games for a release on Stadia in 2020. Okay, and uh, then heard nothing. Uh, so it's been like 40 days since uh, there's been any update to. Um, any like news update from Google about what's going on with Stadia, and given that this is a new platform, came out in what October, November, something like that. November, I think. Um, and uh, it wasn't off to a good start. Obviously. Wasn't off to a good start at all. Uh-huh. And now Google has been more silent than necessary, or than oh, than, than they should be over the state of it. Um, they. Uh, Stadia community manager Grace from Google responded to thread participants writing, All the concerns you've brought to the table are completely valid, and I understand where your frustrations are coming from. Nobody likes to be left in the dark. I gotta say something. I feel like Grace is also saying something to Google from her position. Like, I feel like there's something... Grace under fire? I feel like there's something tongue-in-cheek here, like, I don't enjoy this either. Well, she's just doing her job. job. She only communicates the information she's giving. That's a proper statement. No, but but I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that could could be something she's saying to Google as well. But that's the best thing you can say. Nobody likes to be left in the dark. While I don't have product updates to share right at the second, (laughs) I can promise you that I have been and will continue taking feedback posted Uh, to our Stadia and other channels. 
I, I don't know. Reading between the lines, there, she seems a little bit annoyed at her position, not at the the, the, the people. Was that for? Was that was that statement from the Reddit thread? Or what was that, that was from? that was their, that was uh, her statement to our Stadia. Yes, so okay. Reddit. Um, Google did chime in to announce two new free games, uh, Guilt and Metro Exodus, but those have been uh, on the those have already been on the service. They're just the new free games. Of the 120 Stadia games referenced earlier this month, Google has clarified that not all will be announced by the Stadia team. We leave it up to the publishers oh, to make to the announcement about their IP and games and which platforms it will appear on. It said in a statement, <laughs> "Trust as we will do with the exclusive content coming to Stadia." <laughs> okay. There are a lot of reasons for the time of those game announcements, the company continued. Anything from planned promotions or events, title readiness, no shit, title readiness, uh, proximity to first playable demo, shareholder requirements. We continue to work closely with our publishing and developing partners and are here to support them in all areas. What that says is, in so many words, is we have nothing close enough to being ready to talk about. Which three months after this uh, this platform has launched is a horrible sign. This is the end period, like the um, the uh, the free like <clears throat> three month like premium subscriptions that came with like guest passes or the oh, people okay. who bought into the Stadia Founders Edition, the Founder stuff. Like that's running out. So now should be the time where they're really ramping up. It's like, basically the beta period. Yeah, they should be going full force with just a fire hose of content being like this is what's coming out this is what we're going to have on stadia this is what's going to be exclusive because this is where they need to get people to renew subscriptions if they don't get people to start like paying for this and turning over i like this is honestly this is looking Uh, right now it's dead in the water as i thought it was going to i gave it six months we're at we're at three months now Uh, on the reddit where do we stand? As expected, there have been there haven't been any further updates in January after the 120 game mystery bonanza. Still, supposedly two plus months out until 4K on browser. Any assistant functionality at all, and the true wireless controller functionality advertised. I read about that, but that they're still doing updates to the controller for stuff. Uh, 120 games coming, but none revealed so far. Still no mention of iOS. Still no mention at all of Stadia base. Still no mention of still no mention of family sharing. That's right, the family yep. sharing thing. Oh yeah, that was the other. One. Yeah, like so uh, beyond that, like they're, 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 there's there's just so much they haven't bothered to talk about. Meanwhile, it's- breaking news: the Nvidia GE Force now, which we haven't really spoke about that much, they exited their beta, and so that's coming on the heels of Google Stadia, and that's gonna probably be the one that people gravitate towards versus this. Um. Because that's going to be offering, yeah, you're going to be offering a streaming service, uh, but it's, uh, from what I hear, it's a sta- more stable platform. Um, yeah. And they're offering a free free option alongside a paid subscription model for founders who want to invest in four ninety nine a month. Uh, so so the, there's a point. I don't necessarily uh, think that, I, I, I'll personally say, I don't necessarily think that that's going to do any better. I don't think the technology is still here. I think that this is a I've bad... I've just heard from from a few sure. folks that that's, it's, it's a better alternative for, for this sort of product for this having product, that option cloud. along with something like your xbox game pass is nice it's there if you want it but it's also not the meat and potatoes of what you're paying for you're paying for all these games that you can also download and play ps now is doing that now too they're adding a lot more value to this just value. having a streaming service is not i i it's we're not ready for it and google is I, I feel like like they're Here's the point. That's the whole point about this GE Force now, if I'm reading there's 300,000 users that have streamed more than 70 million hours of gaming content, according to this article, is that if this is even moderately better, 
Google Stadia is dead. Sure. Because what they're proving is that we can do this better than you, and we don't have our head up our ass, and, we're, and we have this ready to go now. Why are you going to wait for this Google one? Just because it's just because Google's on the name, right? I guess so. This so, is dead. This is dead. Right. I believe this is supposed to enter its full like. Uh, like it, its full launch is supposed to be March. Maybe it was even February, but it, uh, it's no later than March. And they haven't even uh, talked about basic, basic features. And it is your responsibility, Google, to let people know what games will appear on your fucking platform. This is that the people second time sus- subscribing to. This is the second time we've talked about them using the shitty talk to the publishers. Uh, you know, excuse when when they were found out that the games looked worse or weren't in like actual 4K, they were like, "Oh, we'll talk to the publishers. That's on the publishers, you, not us. Do you the imagine, publishers do you are the ones who decide that." If Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo responded like this, you, you, you have obviously you're not buying a, a. Well, some people have bought the little device for this. Hey, Nintendo, you know, we don't want to buy the Wii U because there's no games for it. Well, well, it's the publisher's job to announce them. Or the Switch, even or whatever. No, if if a company has games coming out for something that they need to sell, they will find a way to talk about that. The, there, there is no, if, there is no real reason. There, there's, there's no business reason. There's no behind the scenes secret reason that why Google hasn't mentioned anything in forty days about new games coming out for it. It's because no one wants to be on the fucking platform. It's the responsibility of a company platform. If you are spending money, like in this course, like the Premiere Edition, you're getting a controller or a subscription, it is your responsibility to let your potential user base or current user base know what the hell is appearing on the platform. This isn't Steam, where you go on Steam and anyone can get a Steam account for free and then shop for whatever. It's, it's not. This isn't a shop. When Nintendo, this isn't a shop. This when, is beyond the shop. When Nintendo does a Nintendo Direct... They don't just talk about Nintendo games. All sorts of third-party games come up, too. Because they know it's their responsibility to sell the Switch to people based on its content. This is not a shop. This is a platform. This is a cloud platform. It's not a shop. Steam's a shop. They don't have to let you know about new shit. Even though they probably will, because it's Steam. But they don't have to, because that's, a, that's a, sh- a shopping center, basically. This is not a shopping center. If you ideally want to charge people up per month for this service... So you got to give people a reason to. You and people have bought hardware that. as well for this. Yes, the controller. You know, so this is just nuts. Yeah. I, I what, was, what was the over-under we gave this? Was like eight months? No, I, 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 a lot of people were saying a year, and I actually went I went bold and said six months. I think I said eight, or eight, to, eight to 12 months, somewhere in there. Go back, and if I'm wrong, you, you can let me know if I was wrong. On the and I'll still be but. surprised if my prediction comes true, but it's looking closer to it. Okay. Certainly looking closer. So we're counting that from the start of, of uh, when is it out of beta, then like around now, I guess? When do we start the, when did when the clock start? When did you start the clock on your prediction? I, I started, I, well, I kind of started it back then and said, I mean, there's a chance. Oh, from, from, from whenever but, it was, October? Um, when was it? I mean, let's so. put it this way. I'll be, I'll be impressed if this is still floating around in September. Google Stadia launched on November 19th, so it's okay. been... So it hasn't even been three, three months. months yet. No, then I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by six months and see where we're at. So, so I'm two months. I'm I, I'm two months in. I've got four months left. You're more than two months. Say December, January. You're two and a half months in. Okay. So then, so you said six. I'm I'm saying six. I'm so gonna six, stick to six. Okay. So six months. Write it down. I'm gonna stick to six. Six months from November nineteenth. Pat math. December is one month, and then you add five. May nineteenth would be six months. 
December, January, February, March, April, May, June. June. Okay. Yes. Pat Mass off. There. I was gonna say Christmas in July is Christmas in July. June nineteenth is Ian's prediction. It'll be it'll be dead and gone by then. I'm gonna say uh, what did I say? Eight to I was gonna say eight to ten months. I'll say ten months. So four months after June is August excuse me, July, August, September, October, October nineteenth is my date. So you won't even give it a full year? No. Okay. So we're gonna we're not gonna do, we're gonna do prices rights rules. Where if you go over, we're going to see closest to. Okay. Either me. So uh, June versus uh, October. Uh, June, June versus October. Over 19th. Got it. What, okay. what is closest to the, the date? All right. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Let's got anything else to add on that. No, I don't. It's just, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's got, I, I, I'll just say this. It's a fucking I, shit show. I don't know how companies are. I, I know there's, for companies that are that big, I know there's huge bureauc- bureaucracy, I guess, that you can let bad decisions just trickle down from people that don't give a shit. I guess. I just don't understand it. There's so much money in R and D that goes into this stuff. I don't. Whatever. I don't know. It, it's so weird that this stuff happens. And like the Blizzard stuff. It's just so weird that they allow these things to happen. Yep. They don't care. So okay. Uh, Ian, we have news. Game preservation news again. I like this. Every week we're talking about game preservation in some way. Thirty six thousand flash games. Thirty six. Thirty six. Thirty six thousand flash games preserved and playable. Online, thanks to Flashpoint. Flash! So, oh. this death has been a long time coming. Yes, I thought it happened by now. I, I thought that. it did, honestly. I thought it was supposed to happen in December 2019. It didn't, happening in December 2020. So, we're less than a year away from browsers officially not supporting Flash any Flash. longer. Uh, security reasons, for reasons of it just being older. Um, People have have pivoted to HTML5 and Unity, and uh, you know some of the programs that used to use Flash have done the same. Flash. But Flash is going away completely by um, the end of this year. By the end of this year, December 2020. Wow! I can stop updating it every three freaking days when I boot up my laptop. Yeah. December 31st, <laughs> 2020. But Flashpoint is a project that has saved so far over 36,000 Flash games from disappearing forever. Which is cool. Wow. They're archiving it. And you can play Flash stuff offline if you have the files, obviously. Yes. That's so, the important part. So this stuff is going to be uh, saved and available. Um, Flash may look crude and rudimentary, but for a long time, everyone was uh, using it. And there are tons of games that were initially Flash games yes. that went on to become so much more. Um, Super Meat Boy was originally a Flash game. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um it was just called Meat Boy then. Um, the first Alien Hominid, uh, the game by uh, the Behemoth, who went on to do Castle Crashers and Battle Block Theater and Pit People and all of those games, was originally a Flash game. Um, lots of, like, big stuff, like, started in Flash. Everyone's been to Newgrounds or mini I was going to bring up Newgrounds was, like, you, there were so many cool games there. Like, what was it? There was, like, the Drago game where you play as Drago in the Rocky series and stuff like that, I believe. There was, there was always, like, clever stuff that people created. Yep, there's all sorts of stuff that people did, and a lot of it is minigame stuff or, you know, stuff that may not look as impressive today, uh, a billion stick-fighting games, but it was a way to spend time. There were Flash animations. The animators got it, their start in there. There were mini Flash shows. They were like so mobile games just, before mobile games, right, a lot exactly. of them. Right, exactly. It, 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 it was where I think a lot of the... 
uh, where a lot of the design of what mobile games would become was was tested. The Simple. sort of stuff that you would play in short bursts. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there are RPGs, there are flash RPGs and longer flash games, but a lot of the stuff was, I'm at work and I'm on my lunch break and I need to kill 20 minutes while I, you know, wait this, for... These are like pre-social media. This is like again. internet 2.0. This is like... Hey, there's this cool game, like, you know, embedded in a website, and you play it. You know, it's almost, like, archaic now to think about it. Yeah, Internet, like, 2.0. This is basically the era. And it wasn't just people, you know, making... Like, I remember... I, I Was there, was there like, a, like, the, like, a Watchmen beat-em-up game that came out with that? That was probably Flash. I have no idea. There I mean, look that there, up. There was a Watchmen Xbox 360 game. It was awful. But there was, but there was corporate games as well that oh, did yeah. flash games. That's yeah, the whole point. It, absolutely, this, everyone did flash games. This again, this was before mobile. Yeah, flash. Remember, really... smartphones weren't a thing until was it 2010? About yeah. 2009 to 10. Yeah, flash really brought in the era of advertainment. I guess is that is yes. that a term? I was going to yes. Yeah. There's a lot of advertainment. If you're not, you just coined it. Yeah, That's great. I was going to say that that works. Um, Play vintage Watchmen game online from 2009. This is for the movie. Flash beat em up game, yeah. yeah okay. So, so this is a corporate Warner Brothers Flash beat em up game. So yeah, this was the thing. It's so weird that we did now. You can almost now divide things between internet and, and, and non internet. There'll probably be a point in time where you divide things between smartphones before and after as well. Sure. That's how much smartphones opened up entertainment and how we obviously speak to each other, social media. But same sort of division in technology when it comes, I guess, to this. Right. So um, and this article even says basically what we said. Uh, Flash might not seem impressive today. They're still a part of an important part of gaming history. These small web games can be directly linked to the later rise of mobile and indie games, absolutely, and helped many creators get their feet wet with building and creating video games. So it'll be good to have this all stored. Um, it is fun to just kind of... I, I did it fairly recently. Um, I just started like clicking around on a bunch of like Flash game sites and messing around. Just random ones? Yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it, it's neat. You get something, You can get something fun, quick, mess around. Um, my question is, is there going to be a similar project that saves all of the Flash porn games? Because Flash also had a very, very big life in pornography. Was it for, like, um, uh, like, like, uh, like visual novel sort of games? Visual novel sorts of games, uh, you know, hentai stuff, but also actual porn. But, like, they would do, like, a strip poker, and it would just be, you know, the uh, pictures that were ripped off of, like, oh, a website. I played strip poker on websites back in the day. Yeah. But, okay, we got yeah. to get working, boys. Yeah. We got to preserve. Breakout games, you know, that, Come on. that, that, that revealed nude pictures. Pictures. So, yeah, we got to make sure we save all of it. God, strip poker is such an underrated game genre. All of it. So save is. all of it. I'm, I'm on this, this website right now. It's, I just love the descriptions. It looks like it's saving a bunch of these. I, this is newsandentertainment.com slash flash.html. Uh, ultimate potato. Twitch action arcade dodge slash shoot em up. Play as a potato with guns. Fight watermelons. 10 out of 10 rating on that. Nice. So, so um you can click on, of course. It says the Flash player is blocked. You're going to probably uh, run the plugin, or I guess this is a different browser than have Flash. Yeah, Flash is the reason they're getting rid of Flash. People don't know is because um, there's so many um, security faults, right? With it, that's why Flash has to be updated every fucking week when you load up your computer, and that's why it's going away for HTML5. Um, they announced that like three four, three four years ago. They announced that, but they've given them years to phase it out. Uh, Adobe. Right, and to clarify, it's 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 not like it's not going to be updated any further. It's going to be gone. Web browsers will not literally will not support it. Like it'll be HTML five or whatever yes. the, the alternative is. I guess it's, it's, I guess it's not the same thing as Java. What happened to Java? Remember Java? Java still is Java still around? I'm fairly certain. Java was supposed to take over the world at one point. It was supposed to be like everywhere, and then it kind of then it wasn't. Then it, I would say it's still there, but yeah, but. 
But uh, good old, give it up for Adobe creating Flash. Without without that, you know, these these, these we, think about how many game developers started with Flash games and you know went on to do be- greater things Absolutely. because of that. You ever make any Flash games? I saw you tweet about no, about never, getting back into coding games or something. I never did make any Flash games. Um, yeah, I downloaded Game Maker Studio. Okay, what do you want to make? You want to make an RPG? No, where one character's a rabbit. We'll see. Okay. Maybe I won't make anything. I, I wasn't joking. Like, the easiest way to get me to, like, stop having, like, the desire to do something is to give me the means to do it, and I'll, my brain will immediately wander off to something else. What? So if I give you the means to do something, you'll wander off so to something I else? So I can walk around and think, hey, I've got all these good ideas for games that I'd love to make, and then as soon as I download something that would let me, like, fuck around with them, my brain will just wander off and go, do something else. So you never will accomplish anything? Yeah, I'll never accomplish anything in my life. That's ADD. How, can, can, I for, can I trick your brain into like doing a second thing and you go back to the first one? No. I can't do that? Okay. Anyways, we're moving on. All right. Ian? Yes. Um, we talked about the Tom Brady rookie card being traded for the, uh, the, the, the graded NWC. We sure did. And how the value wasn't necessarily whatever the Brady card was worth, 150000 whatever. Apparently, people that own NWC cards didn't take that message to heart because after that, in the course of... Uh, right now, there are three gray NWCs on eBay right now. Three. This has happened before, but never like this quickly and and obviously because of a story like this. Three. There's a water graded 7.0 at 150000 for best offer. There is a water graded 6.0 Grading at one hundred twenty-five thousand or best offer. Offer that's a good, the good value there. Yeah. Or there's a non-graded one. I've actually think I've have I seen this one in person. It's number three twenty-eight. The third one with, with the bottom chunk taken out of, out of the out of the casing, and that's at one hundred twenty-five thousand. Or you make an offer on it. So obviously, people want to capitalize. They want they want to make their money on this. They got their water graded games. They see a trade being made, which to me comes more and more suspect the more I think about these sort of things happening. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but why still when the cash value is so out of whack? Did it, anyone else out there have a take on it as to why that might have happened? I don't know. I got I, I got to talk to our buddy Sean at Reserve Investments about that to see what's going on uh, with that. But that's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, especially when we talked about one. Literally auctioning for twenty six. What, what he thinks of that is going on. Unless that person maybe owns three of the Brady and says, "Screw it, I want an NWC as right, an investment." Right, just doesn't care. Which could be a thing too. You know what I mean? It's like I'll take the loss because you know it'd be hard to move three. And this, and speaking yeah, of I that, I forget that a lot of these people don't have just one of these. No, things. they have they they gather them up when they, when they're first released. Yeah. Or yes, that's how all these markets work. You know, people own multiple of the same vintage comic book, and that market's changing too. That which is interesting. Um, so. The, the, what I'm going to say is, is that it this happens with um, other collectibles, but it works against these sellers' interests to put these up at the same time. Because when you see three of them for sale at the same time, at least in my mind, it makes it seem like, well, maybe these aren't as, either as valuable. Because a lot of people equate value with rarity or availability, which yeah. you, you shouldn't, but people still do that. And so it's thinking, well, maybe there are, there's more out there than you think, or I can always get one. So why would I buy it now? Why can't I just wait? And and so these sellers aren't doing themselves favors by doing this. There's ways to sell these games without publicly listing them. You can let people know they're available. And I can't imagine 
any any person with a head on their shoulders, go on eBay that wants an NWC cart that's graded or ungraded, seeing three of them, all three at an insane over markup versus the most expensive NWC uh, graded, might have been the 26000 uh one uh, that actually sold for cash. I'm trying to think of one went for thirty thousand. I might have heard rumors, but I'm not positive that one went for thirty. But we'll just say twenty six to thirty. Then all of a sudden, paying a hundred thousand dollars more for one, when there's no sales data tracking to establish that as the new market value. Right. That's what these sellers are trying to make happen. But I think it's I think it's just foolhardy because, you know, it's like with what happened with the black box games and all these sellers with no knowledge of it started buying up every 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 non-sealed sticker sealed black box game thinking they were hard to find when they're not and overspending on them and now when you look on ebay now let's just put black box duck hunt and see what people are trying to get for it right now uh for a sticker seal black box duck duck sticker i'll just put in uh yeah people are trying to get 160 200 uh, for it, 900, 450, 500. Um, yes. So, what happens is, you know, people went out at conventions or started buying them up. So, everyone that had it realized, oh my God, I could sell into this market. But then you realize by putting them out there, there's a lot more of them than you think. And I said that. I said that last year. It's right. like there's a lot of these sticker sealed black box games out there. I've got at least two or three of the duck hunts, and I got I got the minty ones up there in in that box and in, in that uh, uh, test mar- market box. But they they sold a decent amount of these. These aren't that scarce that you can say they're five hundred dollars each and then establish a new market. So anyway, what what do you think? Ian? What's your, what's your take on, on on this? I just think it's it's a, it's a, it's a bad idea. It's a it's a bad way. It's a very easy way to take any sort of I think any sort of bump in value that this may have gotten I... accidentally from that trade. I think this is a good way to make sure that it goes away completely. It, it, it dumps water on sort of that whatever fire. Yes. By by doing that. Unless I cannot say it happened unless there's maybe collusion between one of the sellers and something and they said I'm going to list this and maybe someone will pay 150. You don't know. But we do know that people know each other. People talk. People know what's going on. So I wouldn't put it past it for something like that to have happened. Where it's like, hey, you won't, we'll, we'll trade. We'll do this trade because my buddy, you know, has the cart. He's going to list it at that much. Maybe you can get. Who knows? I'm, I'm just, I'm just bullshitting about it. But like I said, the point is, is now those type of people are in this market, and they weren't two years ago. With right. the money and the means to make these things happen. It's a different world, Ian. Sure enough. You ever watched Different World? I watched the first season with Lisa Bonet. No. And then she left. Never and I was heartbroken. It. Never watched My lovely it. Lisa Bonet. Lovely lady. She was just on a Jason Momoa commercial. Oh, Super Bowl commercial. The other one, Jason Momoa comes home and he takes off his arms. Basically, and he's like a skinny guy. Oh. It takes off his hair. He's like, like a bald spot, and it's the funniest fucking thing ever. Nice. I, I can picture women around the world going, "No, you're ruining it for us." It was funny. So he had like like platform boots like that. So he basically transforms into like like a skinny regular guy. And at the end of the commercial, Lisa Bonet is helping him bench, and he literally can't bench like ten pounds. And he's like, "It's so heavy." Did you see that commercial? No, I didn't see many of them. That though. was a clever one too. That was the other clever one. <clears throat> um, the. Uh for rocket mortgage i believe somehow the one that rocket mortgage was advertising everywhere sure. they've been all over twitter um 
the uh, the only commercial that I really remember seeing that I liked was uh, I saw the little Nas X and Sam Elliott one for Doritos. That like, was funny. That was cute. Oh, back to the NWC cart. Yes. Um. Anyway, yes. That I'll just end on this is that. Be, be ever vigilant out there when you see the news happening because now you have people with lots of money. You have millionaires in this game now, potentially. Yep. That can, uh, to, 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 to you, to them, you and I are, are nothing and, and they don't care if they manipulate these markets because they're going to make a buck. So st- just stay out of the way. Don't invest. Never invest in video games. The same, the, the same exact advice I always had. Never invest in video games. It's not something you invest in. You don't invest in collectibles unless you're extremely careful. I believe, extremely careful. That's all. That's 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 all I'm going to say. Pat. Yes, Ian. Pat, we have a Patreon. Tell us about the Patreon, Pat. How do we access it, Patrick? Well, well, Ian, you can you can go to your 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 web browser to your hypertext transfer protocol. Good. Colon slash slash a backslash backslash www.patreon.com slash cu podcast. What do you get there, Pat? Oh, you can buy stuff there, Ian. Can you? You 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 can get buy Ian, services and goods. You can get Ian's weekly writing, which which Gotta I do one today. I thought I thought I would have had one by now, but that's all right. Um, uh, you can also get the 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 monthly Ian Google Hangout. You also get access to the to the uh, Discord, uh, to chat, which Ian hasn't been there in a while. I know that. Uh, I do stopped you use recently. Discord a lot? I I stopped it recently to say hi. I'll stop in. All right. And then I'm not trying to shame you. And then you also get the weekly Patreon poll topic vote, and you get first access to it. And this week, Ian. What do we win? This is this is a tight one. Tight race. Third place. Yeah. Any thoughts on Star Trek Picard and some people thinking it's too political? I'll just say this. The original Star Trek series literally had an episode where aliens were half black and half white fighting the other alien that was half black and half white the opposite way in the 60s. And you're trying to tell me that Star Trek was too political now or like what I, it was always political. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Star Trek's political. It's super political. political. And it's generally left-leaning political. Yes, so it's if, always progressive. So if you don't like it, it stop watching it. literally it. takes place in a future where money doesn't matter. And we all have all the food and resources we ever want. So anyway, sorry. Going on to second place. Split. This is almost was almost tied again. In second place, what game franchise has been destroyed by greed? Forty six percent. Number one, Ian. Games you enjoyed but would never play again. Ian, do you want me to go first? I can go. Since first. you asked me before the podcast. No, I can go first. Okay. I have a few. <clears throat> Um, mostly stuff that's competitive, but it's stuff that I uh, acknowledge that I really enjoy it, but I'll probably never go back to it. Okay. Um, one uh, in particular is Overwatch. I loved Overwatch when it came out. We talked about Overwatch earlier on the podcast. thought it was a great game. I loved the design. I loved the style. Um, I loved all the different, uh, like, I loved all the variety between the characters, um, both in terms of how they played and just... Uh, how the game looked. The game was different than your usual first-person shooter. Uh, it was colorful. Bright. It was bright. It was colorful. There was lots of blues and oranges, and not as many like browns and greens and blacks. You know, it was it was vibrant, um, and I had a lot of fun with it. But it's a game that people who play it play it fairly frequently, uh, and they get good at it. And uh, if you want to stay 
active in it, you have to practice. And that's fine. I'm not upset with that, but I just don't have the time to put into a game and stay that good at it. So I'm unlikely to go back because now when I go back, I'm useless and I'm only dragging other teams down if I'm playing in um, if oh, I'm playing competitive. So you're not going back because you're too you're left behind. I, I interpret this question as you played it but didn't see any value of going back and playing it again. That's how I interpret no, this question. No, no, no. Um, okay. I mean, it, it, I, I think you could do it either way. Um, another one would be um, Rocket League. Love Rocket League. Never played Rocket League. Uh, thought it was a lot of fun. Don't know that it would hold me forever. Um, that's that's not that that's partially because I'm not good at it, but also because I'm not sure that I see. Like you said, I'm not sure that I would. N- I, I I played it. I enjoyed it. I think I got out of it what I needed to get out of it. It seemed fun. Yeah, and it was cool and it was good. But that was probably about that. Do you know what uh what film the Psionics uh, guys who created that game uh, appear in? I don't know. They appear in Not For Resale, a video game store documentary. You're going to tell me. What a coincidence. Very nice guys. They're, they're in San Diego, Psionics. And, and Epic Games bought them out. Sorry. Uh, any others, Ian? It, 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 another one is like, I actually really, it's still a first-person shooter. I really enjoyed, um, I don't know that I would go back and play any more like Call of Duty. Or anything like that. I played Modern Warfare 1. I enjoyed it. I'm sure there will be another good Call of Duty at some point in time, but I don't know that I need multiple good war games. I think I played that one and was like, I got the experience that I would want the out of that. The first Modern Warfare? Yes. It's not like my... that that if, if that makes sense. It's not my... That's not my genre. That's not my cup of tea. That's not my theme. War is not my theme. It's not something that I'm huge on. So I don't need multiple good experiences sure. for a type of game like that. I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, and I was like, you know what? That kind of wraps me up on this. I'm good. You're good shooting your M4 and whatever your grenade launcher. Grenades. Boom. Boom. Well, that kind of leads into mine. At first, I was like, well, what games have the least amount of replayability to me? And I think... It's like, it's first-person shooters, single-player. And then which ones do I really don't have a uh, have any sort of desire to play again? I, I think it's the 90s first-person shooters. And there were a lot of them. And some were clones, not all. So like Blakestone, which is like, you know, Wolfenstein uh, clone. Um, I don't have to play that ever again. Um, it was fine. But it's like, okay, I got the experience out of it. You shoot the guy off, leg, leg off the guy who says medic. Uh, I don't have to play Shadow Warrior ever again, which I liked when it came out. I owned it. Um, but I don't know how much more fun I can get out of that playing that single player again. Even like the original Duke Nukem was like, I, I don't know if, if I want to go back and play through the f- first. Maybe Duke Nukem because it's like, to me, iconic and it sort of was like that next step up for first person shooters. But there was a lot of first person shooters I played in the uh, 90s. What was that one in the late 90s that people were all up? up uh, they were like, oh my god, it has real flamethrower effects. What was that awful one? I remember pl- I played through that piece of garbage and never played again. No but, idea. Uh, I'll think of it. It came out like 99 or 98. But, the, but anyway, those first-person shooters were so locked in a time and, and place where they were like the cutting-edge sort of video game where there's really, to me, not a need for me to ever experience those again. First of all, because for, the, the, the first-person shooter experience is very similar from game to game to begin with, in terms of how you play and how you react to things, for the most part. But for for those, there was so so little of them done intelligently or without some sort of like dumb gimmick to get you to play them originally. That I just, to me, they're just sort of shallow. Uh, most of them. There are some that I go back and play every once um, in a while that I think do hold up. Blood, Doom Two. Um, I can't think of that one. Fuck. 
Rise of the Triad. I was going to say, is that a, I don't think that's one I almost never played, I don't think. Um, even the first, like, yeah, Duke 3D, uh, you know, when the build engine coming out. I think some of those are actually fun to go back to, but you're right. What happened with first-person shooters was these big, excellently crafted ones would come out, and then that license would get, would get that engine would get licensed out, and you'd get a bunch of spin-off games that felt just like Duke but weren't or they felt just like doom or they felt just like wolfenstein but they weren't and those i don't think have there's any real need to ever go back and like i can go back and play half-life because to me that's a whole story and it's immersive that's why you know half-life so important but um god i cannot think of the one that was so bad but i I, like forced myself to play through now i'm looking at there's a whole list of first person shooters a game like uh, this isn't what i'm talking about but a game like redneck rampage that i i I might have played like 10 minutes of I i don't think i need to play the rest of that or play that again Never read Nick Rampage? That was an actual thing yes. they tried to do for a while. I do. Um, let's see. God, there's a lot of them that came out. Uh, it must have been 98 or 99. I'm looking up. There's literally a list of first-person shooters on Wikipedia uh, on here. Uh, yeah, it's just the sort of games that, to me, have less replay value to go back to. Uh, like, like a game, like a puzzle game, you can always go back to because every game is different. Or like Civilization, it's always going to be uh, different. Um yeah, I, I, that was a big one. I'm not sure I can think of anything off the top of my head that that would be. What would I not want to ever play again that I enjoyed? Um, it's, it's really tough. The more more you think about it, sure. probably some sports games from the era, because a sports game, unless there's a real pull to that particular sports game, like like Tecmo Super Bowl or NBA Jam, there's no reason to go back and play unless it's like an iconic one, like NHL or whatever '94. Sure, but I like. I'm not gonna I, I play. I'm not gonna play. Any, I'm not gonna play NHL '95 again. I can play NHL '94 or I play NHL '96. The NFL 2K series was amazing, and the first NFL 2K on Dreamcast blew my mind. But I'm never gonna go back and play that one specifically. Yes, I think for sports games, it probably this, this question has a lot more meat to it uh, because you had a lot of fun playing those originally. I mean, hell. Um, I love Ken Griffey Jr. baseball when it came out. I don't have to play that ever again. I played it again for the guy, but like, okay, this was fun, but I have no intention of playing that game. I'd rather right. go back and play Baseball Stars because I mean, it's a lot more um, unique and, and there's more charm to it. It has more character than a game like Even though Ken Griffey Jr. baseball has a lot of character to it, I shouldn't say that. It's actually not the best example. But there's like, yeah, there's no, there's no reason to play a lot of those games, that, even that I owned back then. There's just, wh- why would you when there's, when there's a lot of newer sports titles or... You know, or something that did a lot better. Uh, there's a lot of beat 'em ups. Actually, actually, no, no. There's a lot of beat 'em ups that don't stand up anymore. And I hate using that term, but there's a lot of beat 'em ups that came up in the, uh, out of the nineties too that I would never play again. Sure, I have no intention of ever playing uh, Maximum Carnage ever again. No, I mean I, I replay these for the for the book, but I mean like they're not that that replaying them for fun. the book reminded you that you don't need to ever yes. play these again. Yeah. It reminded me how disappointed I was in it. Sure, it could have been that much better. It's not a bad game, but it's just like okay, it's all right. An okay time playing it, but I'm not gonna ever go. Oh, Ian, let's go, let's let's get out let's get out maximum carnage and play it. Right. Let's, let's have some hot action. That one was even two player simultaneous. It's one. Yeah, it's one player. Yeah. Asymmetrical multiplayer. That was a term for it. Asymmetrical. I not said that, not, I said asymmetrical. Oh, you did. You yeah, brought up later. But I don't think that's right. But not for the, for what for the term. Asymmetrical is when it's not when you're both doing like very different things. Yeah, that's asymmetrical multiplayer. Not saying that. The only reason I thought of that Maximum Carnage is because oh, sure. you play different characters yes. different times. That's not asymmetrical no. multiplayer. But I'm saying that was a term. Yeah, that's what I thought of. Okay. I said that. Sorry. That's <laughs> For something like Friday the 13th. Um, which I which I tried yes, playing one time. Yes, that is I actually tried playing Friday the 13th one time and I couldn't get into a game. There was like something weird going on the servers. I was like, fuck. 
the one time I want to play because he didn't get to that to me. How's how's virtual uh, fishing simulator going? It's great. Is it really good? Mm-hmm. They see it's not just a drug front. It, they, you know, we'll, <laughs> he, we'll see. He rolls his eyes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if principal comes out still. All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. That's it. We're gonna skip the Q and A. Skip the Q and A. We can we can come we back can to that. Hold that off. Okay. Well, thanks for coming out to this coming out. Thanks for coming out to the CU podcast. We got a for coming on down. Check out the store for the shirt and the enamel pin. We've got merch in the back. We got merch in the back. We got two books over here. We got a Blu-ray coming out in a week from now, digital and physical. Oh, Ian's in it too. So is Pat. I'm part of the forty-minute, the forty-minute extended uh, interview with uh, the interview. Uh, me, Kelsey, and Frank Safaldi sit down and have a nice chat for forty minutes. Very nice chat. Very nice chat. Anyway, I'm going to be at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic in early April. Me and Ian will both be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo at the end of March. Yep. March 24th, about. And then um, I will also be at PAX East. And one other event that I cannot announce yet that's going to happen in March. So that's Ian drinking his seltzer. I'm Pat being, being hangry. Am I hangry? I may be hangry. We'll see you later.